Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there, welcome back. This will be for the Epistle of James. We're going to start in chapter 1, but because we're starting a new epistle, I will read you a little background about this one. James is notable for its emphasis on practical religion. If we have faith, we must show it through our works, for example, by by comforting and aiding those in need. For James, faith is always accompanied by action. One of the most striking instances of such faith occurred when the boy Joseph Smith read in James 1.5, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. Joseph felt prompted to go to the woods and inquire of the Lord which church was true. Heavenly Father rewarded his faith by appearing to him, together with Jesus Christ. The Father answered Joseph's prayer by pointing to Jesus and saying, This is my beloved Son, hear him. Other things that are mentioned in this in this book, we should endure afflictions patiently, we should pray to God in faith, we should control our tongue and be slow to wrath, we should be doers of the word, showing our faith by our works. This epistle was written to the saints of the last days. This epistle, being general in nature, is almost like a talk on several topics. Because it was written to us, it is very timely for us today. It is probable that the epistle was written in Jerusalem around A.D. 50 to 51. It may be one of the first epistles written in the church. Elder McConkie said, To have a book written by the Lord's brother is akin to having one penned by the master himself. In other words, this is uh, Jesus' half-brother. Josephus so says in other sources outside of the Bible. James was a witness of Christ's ascension and also of his resurrection because the Lord appeared to him uh, separately. Uh, The heading to the chapter 1 reads, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Resist temptation, be ye doers of the word, how to recognize pure religion. Alrighty, James. Um, verse one starts with the word James, but I'm going to I'm going to kind of give a little bit of an explanation about the name itself. It's Hebrew for Jacob. Jacob in the Hebrew, the father of the tribes of Israel. So there's sort of a little play on words here going on, which I'll show you in a minute here. James, a servant of God and of the Lord J- Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. Greeting. To whom is the epistle written? Here, Here's a little play on words. The letter is to the twelve tribes. Who is the father of the twelve tribes? Israel. His name previously was Jacob. The English version of Jacob is James. So here James is saying, I, Jacob, to the twelve tribes. <clears throat> James, religious by nature, schooled in the strict Judaism of the day, converted after our Lord's resurrection and said to have died a martyr's death, took upon himself the awesome responsibility to write an epistle to the saints in the dispensation of the fullness of times. Paul wrote to the saints of his own day, and, and, and if his doctrine and counsel blesses us of later years, so much the better. But James addressed himself to those of the twelve scattered tribes of Israel who belong to the church, that is, to a people yet to be gathered, yet to receive the gospel, yet to come into the fold of Christ, and if his words had import to the small cluster of saints in Judah and Benjamin who joined the church in the meridian of time, so much the better. And that was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 2, My brethren, count it all joy when ye fall into many afflictions, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. 
Elder, Mc- Elder Boyd K. Packer said, Some are tested by poor health. Some are by a body that is deformed or homely. Others are tested by handsome and healthy bodies, some by the passion of youth, others by the corrosions of old age. Some suffer disappointment in marriage, family problems, others live in poverty and obscurity. Some, perhaps this is the hardest test, find ease and luxury. All are part of the test, and there is more equality in that in this testing than sometimes we, su- we suspect. Orson F. Whitney said, I think I said this one before, no pain that we suffer, no trial we experience is wasted. I think I read that uh, last time or time before. The Lord has reminded us that he will have a tried people. In section 136, it says, My people must be tried in all things, that they may be prepared to receive the glory that I have for them, even the glory of Zion. And he that will not bear chastisement is not worthy of my kingdom. For he will give unto the faithful line upon line, precept upon precept, and I will try you and prove you herewith. And whoso layeth up layeth down his life in my cause for my name's sake shall find it again even life eternal therefore be not afraid of your enemies for i have decreed in my heart saith the lord that i will prove you in all things whether you will abide in my covenant even unto death that you may be found worthy therefore they must needs be chastened and tried even as abraham who was commanded to offer up his only son for all the for all those who will not endure chastening but deny me cannot be sanctified Alrighty, verse 5, this is the verse that you're all familiar with. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. Now, when the, the word upbraideth means to reproach or censure. censure. Written to, this is written to Joseph Smith and to all of us. This scripture launched the dispensation of the fullness of times. President Kimball said, Because the 14-year-old boy went out into the woods to pray, having read in the scriptures, because he did live the revelations from on high, we have the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We have all of the blessings that can make us the happiest people in the whole world, because a boy of 14 went out into the woods to pray. Never did any passage, this is Joseph Smith speaking in the, in the Pearl of Great Price, never did any passage of scripture come with more power to the heart of man than this did at this time to mine. It seemed to enter with great force into every feeling of my heart. I reflected on it again and again, knowing that if any person needed wisdom from God, I did. For how to act, I did not know. And unless I could get more wisdom than I then had, I would never know. For the teachers of religion of the different sects understood the same passages of Scripture so differently as to destroy all confidence in settling the question by an appeal to the Bible. At length I came to the conclusion that I must either remain in darkness and confusion, or else I must do as James directs, that is, ask of God. I at length came to the de- to the determination to ask of God, concluding that if any that if if he gave wisdom to them that lacked wisdom and would give liberally and not upbraid, I might venture. I had found the testimony of James to be true that a man who lacked wisdom might ask of God and obtain and not be upbraided. This single verse of Scripture has had a greater impact and a more far-reaching effect upon mankind than any other single sentence ever recorded by any prophet in any age. It might well be said that the crowning act of the ministry of James was not his martyrdom for the testimony of Jesus, but his recitation, as guided by the Holy Ghost, of these simple words which led to the opening of the heavens in modern times. And it might well be added that every investigator of revealed truth stands at some time in the course of his search, in the place where Joseph Smith stood. He must turn to the Almighty and gain wisdom from God by revelation, if he is to gain a place on that straight and narrow path. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Pretty powerful, huh, that this uh, one passage of Scripture has had such an impact. Verse 6, But let him ask in faith nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man which... 
For not, for, <laughs> verse 7, For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the, bro- let the brother of low degree rejoice in that he is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth. So also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that resisteth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Overcoming temptations is an essential and necessary part of working out one's salvation. That was by Elder McConkie. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. God permits temptation to occur, but does not cause it. Again, Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. The word translated as drawn out was used in hunting and was the word which described what the hunter did when he lured wild game out of the safety of the thick brush into an area set with snares. The word entice came from fishing and meant to bait or to catch with bait. The lusts of the flesh are designed to lure us out from the true safety of protective righteousness to become the victim of the evil hunter or fisherman. That was from the Institute Manual. Verse 35, or verse 15, sorry. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Not to err, my beloved brethren, do not err, my beloved brethren. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of, of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of changing or turning. God is the source of all that is good. The means used by deity to send forth his gifts is the spirit of Christ or the light of Christ. That was by Bruce McConkie again. Verse 18, of his own will begat he us with the will of with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of him worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay aside all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any any be a, a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any man among you seem to be religious, and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the vices of the world. This may be interpreted as meaning that a person who is religious is thoughtful to the unfortunate and has an inner spirit that prompts to deeds of kindness and to the leading of a blameless life, who is just, truthful, who does not, as Paul says, think more highly of himself than he ought to think, who is affectionate, patient in tribulation, diligent, cheerful, fervent in spirit, hospitable, merciful, and who abhors evil and cleaves to that which is good. The possession of such a spirit and feeling is a true sign that a person is naturally religious. And that was by Joseph Fielding Smith. That's the end of the chapter, and we will see you next time. Bye.